In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guest every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I want to introduce you to Lizzie Pamintuan, who has found her purpose in life, helping others build their confidence, income, and business. And she's here going to tell us how she got to this point after going through many transformational chapters in her life. So, Lizzie, thank you so much for being here. And please tell us about your story. Well, first off, Olga, thank you so much for having me. So I feel really blessed and excited to share my story. And hopefully, you know, someone can, you know, get some lesson out of it and it'll be really helpful. And hopefully someone can, you know, take a step forward in their future and and start from there, right? Um, but mainly, let me tell you a little bit about my story. Um, so I was born and raised in the Philippines. And um, growing up, honestly, I felt like, you know, the world is my oyster. We had everything. Um, I, I grew up very, um, like, you know, we had a great life, right? And things go along the way. And my, um, my, my, my mom passed away at, um, I was 14 at that time. And she was my hero, right? And because of that, my dad kind of went a little bit crazy. So we lost everything and we had to decide to be like, well, if we don't have anything here and we owe people money, we had to leave the country, right? So we ended up moving here in the US to, you know, for the American dream, right? So if you're an immigrant, you move, you absolutely moved here for the American dream. And shortly after I realized that we're living the American nightmare, mm. right? We, we are literally living in, I don't know, like a, a small tiny room and there was six of us there. Right? Like my whole entire family was there and, and that was our life. Like I, I worked at a cashier at a car wash. Uh, my dad, like we, we had businesses back home and I saw my dad working for someone else and like he lost a lot of weight and it was just, it was just very heartbreaking and it was really different. Right. At first I was kind of excited because I was in a different country, but then I was homesick. I, I just missed the life that we had and we just had to figure it all out. Right. So that was my first thing. I worked as a cashier and then eventually I was like, you know what? I wanted to understand money just because uh, money in the Philippines and like, like pesos and dollars, completely different. It's not the same. Like everything's not the same. Right. So um, I started working in uh, finance and banking, um, turned 18 and I was like, I'm going to apply for the bank. <laughs> right? Not knowing anything. Um, and I, fortunately I got the job, but the thing is when I worked in finance and banking, I thought I was actually going to learn about money and understand money. Uh, but I didn't, they were just like, here's a product, go sell it. <laughs> and, and that was it, right? There wasn't really that much education about it. And when I moved here too, here's the thing, all my family members, they were also immigrant, right? So the first thing that they told me, guess what? They were like, go get credit cards. And I was like, what's a credit card, right? In the Philippines, you have to pay cash for everything. There is no credit card. Now probably there is, but back then there isn't any, right? So I, I was so horrible with money. Like I had 10 credit cards, maxed them all out. And I didn't know that there was a due date on when you pay them. I paid them in advance and I still got late fee because it wasn't within the... 30 day, it was, it was horrible, right? 
So I was in debt like at 18 <laughs> with all these credit card debt, not understanding about money, working in finance, trying to help people about money, but they don't teach you as much. They're like, here, go take this test, go do this. And, and that's about it. Right. So then shortly after I've been in banking industry for like maybe uh, five, six years at this point, And I just realized, um, cause there was this, if, if there was this, um, I was approving um, transactions, right? So if someone cash a certain amount of checks, then I can approve them. And I could see this, this person. So I'm wearing this suit and this person's wearing pajamas, right? And every time, so a bunch of them actually, every freaking, every, um, every two weeks, they would cash $10,000 checks, $15,000 checks. And here I am in banking, wearing a suit, thinking that I have a really great job. And I'm like, I don't even make a quarter of how much this person's making, right? Like, and then I realized that I was like, what's the difference between me and that person? Like, I think, like, I think I deserve a better life. Like, I think my family deserves a better life. And I feel like I work really hard. I'm here before everybody else. I leave before everybody else. I manage the whole store, but I'm not getting paid where that person's getting paid. And he's wearing, they're wearing pajamas each time I see him cash a check, right? So I started getting um, dissatisfied because I was like, I think I'm worth more than, you know, what they're paying me. Right. So over time, I was like, so I eventually asked the guy, the person where he worked and I ended up working there, right? which is the craziest thing. Uh, it just, okay, you gotta tell us what was his, what was his business and why was he always showing up in pajamas? Oh, he was, so he was working for a loan company, but it was a call center. So they didn't have to dress up. So he was in sales. Um, so they didn't have to dress up and he was just on the phone all day long so he could wear whatever he wants. Right. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So I ended up like the idea of, um, cause I, I went in banking and I went in finance because I wanted to help people. I wanted to understand money for myself and I wanted to help people because then there might be a lot of people that were in my shoe that were, are not, that have no clue with money. Right. And they move here in this country and they don't know help where they can get help. Right. And I didn't get that from banking. So I was like, okay, I'm going to switch here. It, it was good money. Uh, I was working like crazy hours. I was working like 4am <laughs> to like 10pm because it's a call center, right? So you're there all day long. They were open 24 seven. They don't ask you to leave. And the more time you spend sitting and answering calls, the more money you make. Right. So because I was there, but you know, working 4am to like 10pm. And here's like one of the biggest lessons I learned too, is I'm very, um, like I'm easily adaptable with my environment and my associations. So if the people that I have are awesome and friendly, then I'll be awesome and friendly. But if they go party all day long, then I wanted to adapt and be like, you know, be in their environment. And, and it's not that it's not me. It's just, I just like, adapting in, in the environment, being with the people that I like being with, right? So then I ended up hanging out with people where, you know, it was like partying, because then if you're working 15, 12, you know, a ton of hours every, you know, every day, what eventually happens to you? you you'll probably get burnt out or you'd get really like tired, right? So we were feeling that way and you just want to like, oh my gosh, I want to go, right? So all we did was like, we work all day long and then at night we would party our life away, right? Cause it was a very, it, it's like, it's, it's stressful. And then you have your manager, like, where are you at on your numbers? Like I, I remember um, 
I'd come in at 4 a.m. and I'd try to leave at 6 p.m. And my manager would be like, oh, are you part-timing it? And I was like, no, I've been here. <laughs> so imagine that, right? So it was very, very, um, it was it was sales, right? And it was like, uh, there was only few women and it was like all men, right? So it was very different. And at the same time, I felt like I wasn't helping people because it was like 800% interest rate loans. It was really bad, right? So it was good in the beginning because I was like, oh my gosh, I get to get paid more. And um, I'm paying my debt off. I finally am debt free, right? And then now I'm really tired and I still feel broke. Here's the crazy part. It doesn't matter how much you make. <laughs> what matters is how much you keep of how much you make. Because then now I'm making like that much money, but I feel broke still, right? Because I had no clue on how to handle money. So I spent it all and then I paid my debt and then I got into debt again. It, it was really bad. It's like the craziest thing, right? So then I did that for about a year ish. And then at the end of it, I was like, I, I can't do it. Like I, I feel very sad, dissatisfied. I feel like I'm not helping people. I feel like I'm screwing people. And I'm in this constant cycle of like, I have to go to work all day long. I'm there. And then after I party, drink my life away and then start all over again and then over again and then over again and then pay my bills. So it's this crazy hamster wheel. And I was just like, is this what life has to offer? Like there has to be more to life than just this, right? And I started getting dissatisfied again. And I just, I just, you know, I, I felt like I was born to do something great and like help other people, but I didn't know which direction. And that definitely wasn't it, <laughs> especially if I was putting people into like 800% interest rate loans. It was just, it was killing me inside, right? Um, so then most of my friends, they were moving into mortgage. So I was like, maybe I could do that. And maybe if I moved to doing mortgage loans, then I don't have to, um, I don't have to be at work all day long <laughs> and party after and spend all my money. And like, maybe, you know, it's something else. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't the case. It was the same thing. <laughs> so it was the same cutthroat jobs, having a manager that's breathing down your neck and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know any direction. Like, I don't know what I need to do. I just don't want to be in sales. I don't want to be in finance. I want to be able to help people, but not this way. There was a lot of, um, cause it was phone sales. So you get so much rejection, right? Like I'm a very shy person, <laughs> not anymore, but like back then I was very, very shy. And if people walk up to me, I would just say, okay, hi, you know, but I wouldn't start a conversation cause I didn't really know how. But on the phone, I could be like, oh, they don't see me. You know, they don't see what. So I could just read off a script or do something. So I was okay with it. But if you get so many rejections, people hanging up on you. So over time, that compiles. You know what I mean? Especially if you're not self-aware or if you're not doing anything to grow yourself. Because I haven't um, learned about self-development at this time. It was just like rejection after getting hang up on, getting saying no. Um people saying, oh, yes, we're going to do it. And eventually you can't hear from them at all. So it was so much just rejection and nothing that I, I didn't know how to offload it. Right. And over time that became, um, I had, uh, it gave me so much anxiety. Uh, I had panic attacks and I was 20, 25 years old at this time. And I didn't even know what a panic attack is. I walked up to my manager and I was like, I don't know what's going on but I can't breathe. Like, what do you think I should do? Like, cause I didn't know what it was. Right. And he was like, Oh, just walk outside and come back in. 
that's what he told me, mm-hmm. right? And while I was feeling that, I was, you know, good, good thing there's Google. I was like trying to Google what I was feeling and it was saying, you're having a panic attack. Here's what you need to do. Get a paper bag, grieve to it. I was just like freaking out, looking at my car if I had a, a, had a paper bag just so I could breathe, right? And in my, I, I was telling myself, I was like, if that keeps continuing, like I need to stop what I'm doing. And like my health is more important because it's not good, right? Because I wasn't, um, I went to a point where I couldn't sleep at night. I had to Google how to, um, like, what do I need to do to fall asleep, <laughs> right? I was like, drink um, warm milk at night, uh, spray lavender spray, have lavender candles. I've tried everything. And I just, nothing, nothing was working. I was one of those people when you're driving in the morning and I was like dreading it. I felt like I was going to like my grave <laughs> or something. That was me driving. And I just, I really hated life at that time, right? I didn't know why I was waking up in the morning because it was the same thing in a rat race. And I still felt broke, even though I was making more money than before. And it was just every, I was looking forward for the weekend. We had every single thing. We were like, um, Wednesday hump day, right? Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> like, thank God it's Friday. So it was like all of that looking forward for to like party and drink, right? And I was like, this cannot like go on forever in my life. So one day I just, I woke up and I looked at my life and I said, man, so I was, I've been in the US nine years at this point and I was looking at it and I looked at my life. I was like, I have nothing to show for. Like I'm broke, I'm miserable. I am I'm having panic attacks. I am depressed, I'm sad. And I was just blaming everything. And then I was actually, I was blaming my dad at the same time. I was like, oh, this is your fault on why we're here. My life is crappy because you lost everything when mom died, <laughs> right? So it was, I was digging my grave right and and when i woke up i was like man i need to do something about this like i was sick and tired of being sick and tired and i finally was like okay this has to stop and i just woke up and and then i ended up quitting my job (laughs) i quit everything i was like i'm done i'm gonna figure out what i wanted to do i don't care how much i make it's not this path i'm gonna figure out my path right so then i researched every single job description that you can think of that had nothing to do with sales. I was like, what do I enjoy doing? What do I love doing? Right. And I was like, Hmm, I love to travel and I haven't really traveled. So maybe I should be a flight attendant. (laughs) Right. So I Googled everything that you need to do on how to become a flight attendant. Like I've never made so much research in my life until at this point. Right. I Googled everything. So flight attendant, how much do I have to go to school for it? How much they make like all that stuff. And then one of my research says top 10 uh, worst jobs in America. And one of them was flight attendant. So I was like, okay, not that one. <laughs> right? And I was like, I love to cook. Maybe I should be a baker or maybe I should open up my f- own food truck. Um, uh, I love making handmade jewelry. So maybe I should open up my own business. I was watching Shark Tank. <laughs> it's like, you know, in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, you just watch something. And this lady made like six figures selling um, handmade jewelry. And I used to make them when I was a little kid and I would sell them at school. So I was like, oh, maybe that one, right? That didn't work out. Um, I cashed out my 401k. And we all know when you cash out your 401k, actually, we don't know. We know after when we get the money <laughs> that you don't get all of it. So majority of it was gone. It went to taxes, right? And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. But I needed the money because now I'm broke. Imagine like 
I didn't, I not getting unemployment at this time because I just quit my job. I cashed out my 401k so I can open up a business. Um, so I opened up uh, an online clothing store. And um, that was back then when you have, there's no like templates of how to create a website. It's like you have to create your own website. And I had no clue how to do it. So I researched on that, found out where to get clothes because I couldn't afford to create my own clothes at that time. I could buy someone else's from out of the country and then sell it and hopefully save enough money to have my own brand. Um, so I did all of that. I realized I love shopping, but probably not really selling the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was crazy. Like imagine thousands out and then you open your doors and then a few weeks pass by nothing, right? So I had to figure out marketing and then nothing. And then finally someone buys something and you made five bucks. <laughs> out and out, negative, right? And I was like, okay, this is not gonna work. I need income right now, right? Cause uh, I haven't been paying my car. So my car's gonna get repoed. Like I have nothing, right? I'm like broke. Um, and then I've basically, I'm back into debt because I've been using my credit cards at the same time. And then one day, so I was just like, maybe I should go back to school, right? And then my family sat me down and they were like, they flashed my life back. And they're literally like, Lizzie, what's wrong with you? You you were in banking and you were doing really great. You were going to be a, a, a manager at the branch and then you left. Like you were like number two in the whole district and what you were doing and then you left. Um, and then when you were in loans, you were making so much money and then you left. And then, so it's like doing this and then I quit and doing this. So they were pointing that out that I was the quitter, right? And then they were like, and then you did mortgages. You took like a bunch of tests. I saw you, like I had 12 state licenses to be able to do mortgages and I hate taking tests, but I did it anyways. And then they're like, you quit. And I was like, well, cause I really want to find, like, I felt like that wasn't my calling. That wasn't me, you know? And they're like, well, you know, and they gave me a lesson and I believed them at that time. And they're like, you know, in life, you're never really gonna find something that you love. And I was like, really? <laughs> it's like, is that what life is? He's like, yeah, you eventually, you, like, look at us, you, you pick something and then you'll eventually, hopefully eventually like it and you'll learn to love it anyways. And that's just how life is. And like, everything just died, right? And I was like, well, I guess, you know, I could just go back to school and, um, I'll, maybe I'll just be a nurse because I, I took first year college uh, nursing in the Philippines and I was like, oh, I'll just continue it here. I love helping people. That's a service. Um, and okay, that, that's it, right? So I went back to school because everybody says if you can't find something that you love, go back to school, put, put yourself into debt, right? Yes. <laughs> I almost got into um, $140,000 in student loan debt because I was going to go to a private school to do nursing. Um, good thing I was like, you know what, I only have four classes and then I can take this, actually five. I, I needed like 28 units or something like that so that I can get into the program to that private school so I don't have to pay for those 28 units in the private school. So I went to a community college and this is when my life changed, honestly. Um, when I went there, I was taking 21 units that semester. Cause I was like, I'm going to bulldoze this thing. Cause I realized I was like, man, I have to be in school for four years and then my life starts. Right. And in my head, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want the last nine years of my life to be the next nine years of my life. So if I'm going to do this, I'm going to stick to this. Right. Um, Cause I just, it was just horrible. 
It was good. There was a lot of good lessons, but my thinking was different. It, I didn't see it as lessons. Now I do. Um, so then I went to that school and for some reason, um, there was this in the campus. So I have 12, 21 units. I don't need any more classes. Right. And it says additional classes. And this was, uh, this is the reason why I believe in now I believe in faith so much. Right. So additional classes and I was flipping through the pages. It was my lunchtime. And for some reason it says, Oh, dance world history classes. And it's, it's right now I should sit in on it. Right. And I sat in that class and my, that, that professor, her name is Rosa. Like I will be forever grateful with her. And, um, I just saw how much passion she had on what she was doing and how like she loves to like really teach the people like the students right and i was just sitting there and i was like i think i want to take her class so i changed my nursing classes which i would never do because i was like i'm gonna stick to this thing right which i would never do just to take her class and this lady um invited me to a seminar the workshop that changed my life Right. That's when um, I met the first person that believed in me and that was cash. And honestly, it was, how do I say this? I never knew that I had, I wasn't self-aware enough. I didn't know that I could grow as a person, that I could be a better person, that there's all these things that are available out there for you, that if you're right here and there's something that you want, because out of all the challenges that I have, honestly, I, I just stopped dreaming. I didn't know that things could be possible because it was failure after failure. And it, to me, it was all failure, right? And it was rejection. It was like, I couldn't sleep at night. I was depressed. I was digging my own grave. I didn't know that there was anything better than that. I would, although I was looking for it, I just didn't know that it could be possible that I can find what I found, right? And that's when I just got introduced to self-development. Um, and because of that, I ended up opening up my own business. Um, I just read up on books. It was, my main thing was my self-image was so low and I wasn't fully aware that it was. I was thinking I wasn't enough. I was thinking that this is what life has to offer. I guess I have to accept it, right? And I just realized that it's not there's different versions of you that you can grow yourself and then you can read up on something that you're like, oh my gosh, like I could do this, I could do. This. So there's so many things like we are capable of everything. Everything you need is inside of you to win. It's just, it's just time to step into it. Right. And that was it. Do you remember from that um, seminar, it, it must have been a personal development, personal growth seminar, correct? It was, um, it was, how do I say this? It was like an opportunity seminar. It's a workshop where you understand money. <laughs> Cause I was like looking for something to understand about money. So then it, it just clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, I was looking for this class. And then I, and it, it it's, and then it's combined with self-development. So it's both at the same time. Cause then you could see like average people, like there's this guy who looked like he was an engineer, like really shy. And you can see him stepping out like of his box and just telling his story about how he found himself. And I was like, I want that. Like whatever he's talking about. And everything was a blur on that seminar, except for those stories and then understanding money. And I was like, that's what I've been looking for. 
That's fascinating right. because I was going to ask you, what was it in that seminar? If you could remember the lessons, but as you're recalling it now, it wasn't necessarily the lessons. It was that you saw an example of what could be done and that you finally understood the one thing that had been puzzling you, which by the way, puzzles everybody because nobody teaches us about money and finances. And once you were able to combine those two, then your life took a complete different turn, right? Right. But then again, it, it took a different turn so that I could, I could, it gave me hope. Actually, that, that was it. It was hope. It gave me hope that there's something out there that I could change, that I could be better, that there's an opportunity out there that I can, you know, take a step forward in my life and, uh, and other people can mentor me and teach me how to do it. I have heard of this really bizarre um, experiment and I should look it up to give you the, the exact facts, but it's something along the lines of, it's kind of cross, but they have this bunch of rats that they put them in a whirlpool. Have you heard about it? And they make them swim for about 15 minutes. And as they're about to drown, they stop it. One control group. So they give them a breather. So they're able to catch the breath again and then they turn the whirlpool on again. That's with the control group. With the other group, they keep it going and then they just stop for like a second. They don't really give them breathing room and then they go and then they continue. Well, the ones that had a minute to breathe and the ones that were like, okay, there is hope. We can do this. They could keep them on the whirlpool for way longer because not just because they, they feel, it wasn't so much because they regained their strength, but because they had hope. They knew like, okay, this is going to stop at some point. <laughs> Someone, they knew that. Yeah, I've actually heard of that. It's called um, PERMA, I believe. Um, it was a military um, study that they did so that they can help people with, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? The P, uh, PS, PTSD. Is, uh, it, it, PTSD, right? So they spend millions. I think it was like a crazy number was it like either 50 million or like 80 million something like that to study this so that they can help people get over that fear because um, it is something that, that that we may not value we we think that faith and hope are almost like yeah those are nice add-ons in life but what if they are the key to keep us going it's it's that perseverance that greed that really makes a difference between successful people in whatever definition definition of success you have and those who do not succeed is those who keep changing their path because they don't have hope that they are going to find their way they're going to find something that you love the same as you said before about your family trying to implant that belief of this is what life is like and you resisting it because you knew that there was something out there right and then for some reason within that time frame like that's what that's what is safe you know like when you're looking when you're looking for something and you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, for some reason, it just comes. And it, and it goes with negative negativity too. So if you keep thinking about all the negatives and guess what, all the stuff that you were worrying about, it suddenly appears. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I realized, I was like, if you're gonna think anyways, might as well think the positive ones and then they show up and you get surprised and you're like, yep, it's cause I thought about it. <laughs> Versus the other ones, because every time, like, honestly, that's, I think that has been my, um, my solution in anything in life is when I'm in a, when I'm in a rut, I just think about, it, I was like, oh, it's because I've been thinking and thinking and thinking about it. That's why this is, this is, it's here. Right. 
So then if I switch it and every time I think of like a negative thought, I was just like, nope. I started talking to myself and like, I know you're used to that negativity. Um, Cause I, I was studying a uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, right? And he was talking about it and he was saying that if you just, by the time, especially females, by the time we're in our mid thirties, because we've been pushing that voice out, cause we're like, no, we're gonna keep pushing it out. No, 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 right? Eventually when you suppress it, the more it comes out. So then he's saying that you have to talk to it and just say, I know you're used to it because it's a body thing. You know, when you're driving uh, and then all of a sudden you're home and you're like, how did I get home, <laughs> right? It's because we're on autopilot. Our body is an autopilot. So it's the same in our thinking because it's like negativity. Imagine all that negative stuff that I had for over nine years. It just compiles and it just, when it's silence and you're at home, it just, everything keeps coming out. That's why I couldn't sleep at night, right? And because of that, so now all these negativity, when you feel it, because it still comes until now, I feel it. When it happens, I'm like, okay, I know it's funny. It's like crazy people, right? But I talk to myself. I've never talked to myself so much until I've learned that if you do that, then you can move on and be the positive, better, best version of you. So then I just say, okay, you have to stop because this is not, this is helping you. Like, what, why do you have to bring up something that was five years ago while you're excited and happy about life that has nothing to do with you right now? And then my body is like, oh, okay. And then I go <laughs> do the positive stuff and think more positive and think ahead. Uh, be present, but also think ahead of the future, right? And, and that's what, what helped me a lot. And you also mentioned that in that uh, seminar that transformed, there was a, it was your pivotal moment that you also met someone who believed in you. Did that also have a big effect on your new trajectory, which right now is super successful? Yes, actually, I think that was the biggest factor. And it, it was just because, you know what, when you have a job, um, you clock in and you clock out. And when you come in and let's say you're late, they're like, oh, you're late warning number one. So you get all this stuff at work, right? So it's, it felt like you don't have anybody that believes in you. And then when you do good job, they're like, okay, pat yourself in the back. <laughs> or uh, can you do more work and I'll pay you the same. So it was the reinforcement is so bad, right? So then when finally um, I met my mentor at that time, uh, well, I chose him to be my mentor. I was like, when you find a mentor, you just talk to them, right? And he was just very like in his uh, really good with mindset and the stuff that he was talking about. And then there was this one moment and I, 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 I started my own business and I just didn't, cause I was like, okay, I can do this. Cause I had the hope, right? All you need is hope, even though you still suck, at least you have hope. And then eventually you'll get better. But I had that one thing and I had an appointment um, and they were older. I was 26 years old at this time. And I'm going to teach someone about money, okay? <laughs> and an immigrant teaching someone about money who's going to sit down with a 55 years old that's been in America for quite some time. That was very intimidating for me, right? And, and I'm training this person <laughs> to learn from me, right? And I, and I walked up to him and I was like, I cannot do this. Can you like, can you have someone else do it? I just, I don't think I could do it. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, you could do it, right? So he just said it briefly like that. And then I started driving home and I was like, no, I'm just not going to show up. And I remember clearly I was about to get gas because I was in the parking lot. No, I was in the gas station and he called me up. And then he was just like, you know what? 
I don't know what you're talking about that you can't do this appointment. Like you're amazing. Like he was just saying all these great things that no one ever gave me any compliments. Like, like, like that, you know, it's like, you're awesome. You do this. And it was very personalized. And then he was like, you know, Alexander the Great conquered the world at 26. And he had generals a lot older than he does. He, he, he was. So if he could do it, then why can't you? And I was just like, I started bawling <laughs> on the phone. Like that, that even gets me emotional. Each time I say it, I'm like, I remember that moment. You know, that, that was the first time that I felt like someone believed in me. Like they know that I had a potential. They know that I could be better, that I'm not this person that I've been thinking in my head that was a failure. Right. And then that was it. And then all that leading up to, okay, because someone believed in me, all I needed, I didn't know that all I needed, I had to believe in myself, right? And when I started believing in myself, and when I started writing down um, affirmation, so uh, Tony Robbins called them incantation, which is actually cool. Uh, it's like, um, they're, they're affirmations, but if you do an incantation on those affirmation, it makes it a lot better. So when I'm thinking of something negative about myself, I write it down on a piece of paper and then I scratch it and I flip it and make it positive. So let's say I'm horrible at talking to people. Then I scratch horrible and I say, I'm amazing at talking to people. And then I create it when I'm like, oh, I'm amazing with making friends and talking to people. And I can start a conversation like no problem. Cause that was like my biggest thing. Like I didn't know how to communicate with people or talk to people. So then I started doing that and I, and I started just, it, I call it positive brainwashing. So I brainwashed myself into thinking that I'm this person, even though my self image was this, but I was like, this is me. So every morning I would just look at the mirror and I say, I love you cause you're awesome. And it's not like, <laughs> It's not like, how do you say that? It's not, um, I'm not this crazy person that I'm like, oh my gosh, I love myself. But if you don't love you, then how is other, how are other people going to love you, right? If you don't feel you're enough, then how are you going to be enough? So and, then, and we live, we live in a very bizarre society that when you say something like I love myself, we almost have to apologize for saying that. We almost feel like I'm not being pretentious here. I'm just, uh, no, it should be a basic not even a right, but a duty. Let's all love ourselves. Let's believe in our potential. So then we don't need this external validation. We don't need anybody else loving us. We become our own generators. But it's bizarre. Like in our society, you can go on there and say, oh my gosh, I hate myself. I'm such an idiot. I, whatever, follow with the negative and everybody will support you. Everybody will come to your rescue and say, oh my gosh, no, yeah. But if you lead with the opposite, which is how we should all lead, like, you know what? I'm really good at talking to people and I'm very good at being a mother and a multitasker, blah, blah, blah. Everyone will go like, whoa, lady, mm, take it easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why is that? Isn't that insane? They're like, oh, this lady is full of it. She thinks so highly about herself. Like they would think the negative way. It's true. Exactly. Well, right. I think that we do it like with my children. I see it. My daughter will come to me and she'll be like, mom, I totally killed it with whatever she's doing, her dance routine or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. You totally did. That was amazing. You, 
I never tell her like, oh, please don't brag or come on, just go a little bit lower. No, shine your light and let others shine their light too because then she becomes such a cheerleader for others. When, when somebody else is like, oh, I did really well, she'll be like, you totally did. And when I go, oh my gosh, I, I don't think I did that well on that podcast, she'll be like, what are you talking about? Your voice sounded wonderful. If that's all she's going to say. It's just, <laughs> so we, we kind of rob our children from that as we grow in this society. Again, because we want to protect them. We don't want people hurting them. But then we become adults who need the exterior, the, the others to boost us. And, and that's where we have this slightly <laughs> flawed system right now. <laughs> It's so true. Like, I love that you do that with your daughter because I feel like that's when we're young, like that, however, like we're really, really young, that's when we think we can do anything. And then sometimes the parents or the people around us just knocks out the thing that you can do anything. <laughs> right. And then we uh, grow they, up and it's hard. They love us. They just want to give us their limiting beliefs because they don't want us feeling rejected and feeling disappointed. But I go with the, just dream as big as you want, feel like you are this wonderful human being. And then if you don't reach that level, I'll be there with you to help you, you know, overcome whatever feelings you have. And you will learn how to become your very own self-soother and, and somebody that goes, oh, that wasn't a failure. Like that's one thing that we never say in my house. It's, oh, I just learned something. But it is interesting. I'm, I'm trying to change the way that it, it happens with the next generation. I think that our generation may not have been, our parents were not as, as enlightened, God bless them. But I think that now we have the possibility to, to do that and change the script. So right now you went from, I'm so shy, I can't even speak to people, to you're, you're on the stages and you're helping hundreds of people with your services. Would you let us know how you're helping people now and how people can find you? Yes, definitely. Um, well, you can go to my website. So it's Nelise, N-E-L-I-Z-Z-E.com. Um, same with my Instagram. I'm, I'm glad that that's, no one has that name, <laughs> at least I know of. Um, but mainly what we do, what I do is I just teach people about all this stuff, um, understanding themselves, um, understanding their relationship with money, um and yeah that's where you can find me basically it's through my website and then if you want to chat you just message me and just chat with me i definitely recommend you guys talk to lisa you've seen her she's super approachable uh, well you can't see her i can and <laughs> she's a beautiful soul go and follow her on instagram and you know lisa i have my two questions for every guest so i would love to hear what do you think is in your next great chapter well my next great chapter is that next best version of me so i'm always chasing after that next uh, version of me um just because when you're growing you feel alive right so that's my next race chapter is the next version of me i i used to have a phase in my life where for me my next level wasn't there just because i wanted to be comfortable i was at a point where i was like growth wasn't that important it was more about security and comfort but then once you start in the personal growth journey, I think that then it becomes so addictive. You just want to get to the next, next, next level. <laughs> and uh, Lizzie, what's, yeah. where do you think that the world's next great chapter is? Well, I think the world's next great chapter, honestly, because we've gone 
like obviously like the pandemic, right? And with this pandemic, we've saw all the other pandemics and it was not just health, it was relationship. It was also financial, right? So all this stuff, it, the world needed a reset. That's why this happened, right? And now more people are you know, saving more than ever. Now they just have to learn where to save it. Um, they are saving more than what happened in the Great Depression because now they could just like, oh my gosh, this could happen again, right? So the next chapter I think for the world is to just step into that next version of them as well and learn about all these different concepts. Like have, it's never gonna be balanced, right? Your life is never gonna be balanced. One has to be off balance to balance the other one. But then if you just do all these four things, if you strengthen your faith, strengthen your relationship with your family, with yourself, right? Strengthen your like fitness because you need that. Um, and then have some sort of, I think, how do I say, like a second thing, like a, like a side job or a side hustle so that you can also strengthen your finances and also understand about money. I think that's the next great chapter. If all of those people get to learn, then they'll get to the next, next level of their life as well. That was beautifully put. Those four pillars for the new reset and you'll get into your next great chapter. Lizzie, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart from sharing your story and your wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I feel so grateful and blessed to be here. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe and review my podcast because I just love hearing from you. You can also follow my journey on my Instagram account at Divorce for Love and join our Facebook group in the show notes. See you next week.